the Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and your host, Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dangle. I am joined by the wise elder sage, who happens to be a Sox fan and a little bit of a pizza snob, Jack Wright. The Star Wars slash Marvel fanatic loving McDonald's fiend, Brendan Chagru, the crazy Sox man. We've got two Sox fans. I didn't know what else to come up with here. So uh, with a bit of a gambling problem, uh, who's moving across country really soon, Logan Bradley. Yeah, he still works here and he's part of the show tonight. We're stoked about that. The Papa Sheldon, the guy who will put you on his knee and give you some fatherly advice, maybe coming in in a little bit. And so we're excited about that. Um, I just had a really quick question because, you know, you did say I'm moving soon and I am looking to get a haircut. So wherever I'm going, I'm looking good. Can you tell me where I could do that? You've got to go visit Sheridan's Barbershop located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. They've been serving the community for 67 years. They've got five barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. Uh, they can book you online or by phone, Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or give them a call, 630-668-0137. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. Folks, we've got Chicago Bears fan royalty with us. I am so excited about our very, very special guest. Guys that are on this podcast, like I think we legitimately need a round of applause Heidi Zimmerman, cousin Heidi, is with us tonight Woo! on the pod. Yep. Heidi, welcome to the show. Hey guys, thank you, thank you very much. I can't thank you enough for having me with you. It's an honor to me. Thank you. <laughs> so, so Heidi, just really quick, you're you're zooming in with us from Acapulco. What what's what's the weather like? It's, it, no, it's significantly better than Chicagoland. So what's it like right now? It's really hot. It's around, it must be around 80 right now. And it's around 85 all year long. And the coolest it gets, it's 70, 73. That's our winter, cold winter, oh. 73. That's perfect. You poor thing. How do you even survive that? That just sounds <laughs> awful. I don't really love this weather, to be honest. No? I like cooler weather. Yeah. But it's okay. I've been here for 24 years, so I'm used to it. So, Heidi, Bears-Steelers, why did the Bears end up losing the game on Monday Night Football? I guess everybody knows that. I mean... We, the, the referees gave them 10 points. They gave 10, point, 10 points to the, to the Steelers. We had lots of flags with lots of penalties. But I think at the end, uh, they won because the referees gave them more points. Was there anything good in the game, though, Heidi? Something that you looked at and you said, hey, the referees were bad. They, they weren't calling the game in Bears' favor. But there has to be some things that you were a little excited about, right? Uh, yes. Not in the first half. The first half was depressing. <laughs> awful first the, half. was awful. was horrible. I was about to quit and not watch anymore. But I had to, right? So, uh, <laughs> but 
the second half was just great. And even if we didn't win, I am extremely happy about it because I saw what I wanted to see in all this season, to see Justin Fields to become better and better and better. And we have a quarterback, finally. I am Let's sure he's going to be right. Yes, we I do. Think. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh, yes. All right. So, Heidi, for people who don't know, I mean, we're not playing this up. You really are like Bears Twitter royalty. You are like one of the top fans. You're always supporting people. You're supporting the team. So I've got two questions. How did you become a Bears fan? And has Akeem Hicks asked you on a date yet? Love it. Spill some tea. Here we go. (laughs) First question. First, um, my dad was a huge NFL fan. He was a Redskins fan. And I was his only daughter to watch games with him since I was around five or six years old. And why do I like the Bears? Because he uh, he nicknamed me uh, his little also, which is Bear in Spanish. So the moment I knew there was a team name with my with my name on it, I said, "This is my team," and the rest is history. <laughs> oh my gosh, Heidi, you're gonna make me cry. That's like that. Oh. That's such, no, that's such a great story though. Like you know, being able to you know watch that with your dad and like really bond over it, and then you know to like pick your team off that. That's that's awesome. Like that. Okay. I honestly, honest to God, Heidi, I didn't know that story going in. So that just makes me love you even more. Oh, thank you. And we we used to talk on the phone because I moved uh, to uh, to another city. So we used to talk on the phone for three hours when we were watching the game. He was watching in Mexico City and was watching here in Acapulco with the phone right here, screaming and yelling and cursing <laughs> and everything. So until he passed away nine years ago, but it was great. <laughs> That's the story. I, That's awesome. I, I think the Chicago Bears have the best international fan base. Ireland, Scotland, England, Germany, France, Ozzy in Australia, and obviously Heidi in Acapulco. Like we're just we're insanely fortunate to have such wonderful fan base, aren't we, guys? Without a doubt. Wait, we've got to go back though, because there was a Hicks question in there that we need. Yes. Yes. And there's also a huge fan base in Latin America. I'm on one one of my fantasy leagues is Latin American Bears, and there are bears from Uruguay, from Argentina, uh, Salvador, many, many more countries. Uh, About Hicks. That would be. Yeah, about Hicks. Uh, that would be a bit embarrassing because I could be his mom. So <laughs> that's the reason. No, he hasn't. <laughs> I'm just hoping I can get right near to him and and ask him to sign my jersey. That's that, all. I that want. would be yeah. That would be awesome. Real real quickly, I know. Like, how did you become such a big Hakeem Hicks fan? Because I like how he talks, sports speaks. If that's the word, I like how he plays, of course. He's a great human being. He's, he's overall, he's good. I, I like everything about him. You possibly give me, the guys like to give me uh, a hard time and I think it's unfair. Could you give me some, some tips on how to be even half as famous as you are on Twitter? <laughs> like, what does it take? I mean, he's, you're getting, I, you're getting better, I, Jack. I, Thanks. <laughs> 
I honestly don't know, Jack. I don't know. <laughs> People are crazy for following me. No, I, I know why they follow you, but I think it, I know why they don't follow me. I'm, there's no way I could like match your sweetness. <laughs> <laughs> you do. <laughs> I like you very much. I love your your uh, your Twitter. All of you guys. Thank you. You're great. Heidi Zimmerman, cousin Heidi, we cannot thank you enough for coming to visit the Bear Down Report podcast. I think you've gotten a shout out from almost every single one of us at one point for just being so supportive of everything that we've been doing. And it's only fitting that that you got to come on the show. Heidi, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you so much because you're great. I love your show. I, I listen, you know, I listen every time. You crack me up. I I have a very good time every time I listen to everything you have to say. So I am honored again. Thank you for having me. I hope I uh, I hope you don't lose followers for having me. No way. <laughs> no way. You just no way. boosted our followers. Like probably we'll get like a. Th- I'll probably have like a thousand by the end of the podcast just from you being on. Let's hope so. <laughs> Thank you very, very, very much. Thank Shout you, Heidi. Out to all of you. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi. Bye-bye. Awesome to hear from Heidi. But Logan, we have questions. You have been missing yes. from this podcast. And obviously, we are huge fans of Patrick Sheldon for stepping in. And he's done a phenomenal job, which, uh, again, folks, if you missed at the beginning, he may be stopping in in just a little bit. But we have missed you so very much. I know you can't tell us everything about the job, but can you tell us a little bit about what's going on and and where you've been and and all of that? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, first of all, I've missed you guys. It's uh, it's always nice to have a little treat at the end of the week on Sundays, being able to talk to you guys and not having been able to do that has been uh, very sad. But I know uh, I know Patrick's done a great job, so uh, I thank him for for filling in for me. But as far as me and my life, so I work within the the sports world, and I did uh, I recently got a job with Fox Sports, so I'll be moving out to Los Angeles soon. And I have started that recently. So that has uh, definitely taken up my Sundays, but I'm, I'm very thankful to at least be on this week and, uh, and talk a little bit of Bears football, but exciting times uh, in my life, a lot of transition, a lot of, a lot of change, but uh, glad to still have all you guys and uh, all the Bears fans out there. I just want to congratulate you for becoming Jake Glazer's towel boy. I think that's yeah. a huge <laughs> honor. And you, just, you should be so proud of that, man. Congrats. That's my official title on LinkedIn that I actually just switched it to the other day. So I appreciate that, Brendan. Yeah, no problem. I feel like your whole life has led to that, like to this moment for you to, mm-hmm. be able to achieve that goal in your life. That's that's it. That's it. A night being being the, you know, waiting hand and foot on a nice bald man is, uh, is something that I've worked for my entire life. How do you, how do you, how do you bounce back from that? Logan, I'll just other, we missed you, man. We missed you big time. <laughs> we did. Um, we missed you guys too. Missed you guys too. All right. All right. So we had Heidi's breakdown, which again, people that like, don't know if you're not on Twitter, like we're not just talking her up. We're being genuinely serious. Like that woman has like something like 7,000 plus followers. Uh, Akeem Hicks has retweeted her constantly. She's just incredible. And we mean it. Uh, she's just been a huge like supporter of, of all things Bear Down Report. And so we're very, very thankful to have her on. But we got to get to the best part of the week. And it's much later in the week, but it's still here. It's time for Brendan's Breakdown. Let's hear it, baby. 
The Bears made their way out east to Pittsburgh as they faced the Steelers at Heinz Field. And it was the Bears who needed to catch up to start the game. Ben said, hold this burger for me as he handed the ball off to Najee Harris for the 7-0 lead. Later on, he threw a ball so spicy to his tight end, he said, careful, it'll fry your mouth. The Steelers led 14-3 at halftime. And speaking of spicy, that's when things really heated up. After James Daniels stopped, dropped, and rolled to a penalty, the Bears cut the deficit to 14-6 with a field goal. Another Steelers touchdown by their tight end extended their lead, but that's when Justin Fields decided to go in a different direction than another certain divisional quarterback and said, I'm going to take my shot. Fields did his own research to find that Darnell Mooney was very effective at scoring touchdowns getting him a shot and a booster for two scores. Even Cassius, Randy Marsh's bogus taunting call couldn't ruin these good vibes. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought this was America. But the Steelers stormed back and exiled Robert Quinn to Switzerland because he was in the neutral zone all night long. A field goal by Chris Roswell Boswell sent the Steelers into space with the lead and the victory, winning 29-27. Yay, Brendan. Woo! Beautiful. Uh, you went right for the catch-up line. I mean, like it, it was blowing fruit. Like what? Well, yeah, in the world of dad jokes, I mean, I think that is that's way high. You, like, you know, you got to start with the low stuff and then get into right. the you know the Aaron Rodgers shot stuff and you know bring Absolutely. it all back. <laughs> Fire there have moves. been that so good. many that's good tough. Twitter jokes. Oh God, the Aaron Rodgers Twitter jokes. The Twitter jokes have been ridiculous. All right, boys. I think everyone can already hear it in my in my voice. I am in a significantly better mood than last time when I had an actual meltdown. I had, I think about like five or six people reached out to me like, hey, are you okay? One person like, was that legit? I was like, yes, I actually had to edit out about five or six minutes where Patrick, Jack, uh, and, and Brendan were asking like, is Dengle okay? Is he going to be all right? Um, and leaving in a lot of F-bombs, but I'm in a significantly better mood this time around. We'll talk about that as, as to why I'm in a better mood, but I got I to gotta drop this, boys. This is phenomenal news. We got another round of beers. Yes, that's true. Uh, we got a listener that bought us a round of beers, and so we asked, and this listener was adamant that we couldn't say their name on the pod, uh, but they said that we had to buy a New England IPA. Uh, so New England IPA purchaser, person, listener, we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We got a beer, guys. Absolutely. Slancha. Thank you Who so much. Love it? I know. We, we've gotten, I, I will say, and maybe it's because Dangle went off the deep end last week. We got so much feedback, like positive feedback, people really reaching out about the podcast, liking it. So, I mean, I just want to say thank you to everybody for really just being so engaged with us over the last couple of weeks. And um, I'm telling you, man, people love people love rants from the heart. So if it's real, we got to keep it in there. A little bit of misery goes a long way when it comes to (laughs) comes to content. Uh, really does. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it like ten more times. I God, I missed Logan. I just I can't wait to say so many more dumb things over the next 45 <laughs> or so minutes. Just wait. I'm looking forward to it as well, Logan. All right, all right, boys. Let's let's talk holistically the game. Overall thoughts on the game. We're gonna go Logan because he's back. Jack, Brendan, and I will finish it up. I mean, I think that there's a lot of obvious things to talk about. Um, 
for me, the biggest thing is the first, you know, obviously it was a tale of two halves of a game. Most football games are, you could argue, but it was terrible in the first half. And the second half, the bears came out and they were a different team. A lot of things happen in the second half that I think are going to make people almost forget about things that happened in the first half. And my biggest takeaway from this game outside of Justin Fields, which we are obviously going to talk plenty about, is is the fact that I feel like Matt Nagy really kind of almost got bailed out by Justin Field and by the refs in the second half, because after the first half was over, I mean, I've been plenty mad after many bears games. I don't know if there's ever been a half of football that made me more mad than that. And it was just time and time again, just stupidity from Matt Nagy's end, the team looking unprepared to play football, terrible decisions in terms of the, you know, the, the penalty or the penalties, but him calling a timeout, um, when he really didn't have to, and then a penalty after the timeout. I just feel like all the crazy stuff that happens in the second half kind of masks all of the just atrocities that Matt Nagy has this team doing, um, and that just really, really pisses me off. The stark contrast between the two halves is alarming in some ways. You know, whatever adjustment was made at halftime and – whomever made the adjustment, maybe they should stay on. I don't know because, you know, I think when you started to all of a sudden see pass protection that didn't suck and you started to see us move the ball efficiently, that was exciting. We saw our quarterback take the game into his hands, elevate and bring us back and bring us ahead on a, on a game-winning drive. Well, it should have been a game-winning drive. Uh, that's something that we've been waiting for. And, you know, as you mentioned, our um, thread <laughs> was pretty negative. <laughs> I think we tend to be pretty positive guys, but it was a super negative thread in the first half. Um, you almost like felt bad in retrospect for like all the bad things you said about them. Cause all of a sudden you're like, Oh wait, they're back in it and they might win. I mean, go bears, you know? So uh, it was a wild one. And in the end, four consecutive losses. I really like what Logan said about Justin Fields bailing out Matt Nagy, but this like goes further than even just the offense. It goes to the defense and special teams. They were consistently inconsistent all night long. And it was infuriating where you had the first half where they just could not get into a rhythm. They were trying to force feed the ball. Suddenly second half, everything worked. You're calling more explosive pass plays. You're getting the ball into different playmakers hands. On offense, yeah, the play calling definitely changed and things just were night and day. Let's go to the defense, too. The defense got steamrolled on that first drive. They couldn't tackle anybody. Kendall Vildor was lost in coverage trying to cover Chase Claypool, and then they tightened up. I mean, yes, they did give up that those late field goals and all, all of those penalties and undisciplined issues with lining up into the neutral zone and all of that. It's just where you had a great drive, you had a really bad drive, and then special teams, too. Jakeem Grant keeps oh, taking the ball out of the end zone brutal. and he consistently keeps the bears from starting in good field position. But then the punt team, you know, comes up with a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Like, Oh my gosh, everything was bad. And then it was good. And then it was bad from every single end for the bears last night. But I mean, it all starts and ends with Justin Fields at this point. And you, how can you not be excited from what you saw? And like you, like you guys said, having a quarterback take the game into his own hands and smiling about it on the sideline like a cold-blooded assassin, basically saying, I know I'm going to rip your heart out. Watch me do it. We haven't had that, and it's so – it's just beautiful. Okay, so this is 
me as a Bears fan trying to be objective, uh, I got to watch all of Jordan Love uh, because Sunday, that's that's it. That's the game that we had to watch Sunday, Sunday late afternoon. He looks like a well-coached player who isn't very good at football. Uh, you watched him being put in good position after good position. And I think he had maybe like three or four throws that were pretty good. One of them was a deep ball. Uh, and then a whole lot of just like wounded ducks. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. You watch him throw inaccurate. He was all over the place. Uh, you know, people will say, oh, his offensive line was bad. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not having that. Whereas the other way, it looked like Justin Fields is poorly coached. His coaches put him in a bad position, but he just keeps excelling and he gets better and better. And I think one of the things that I talked about a, a few weeks ago, and I can't remember when it was, uh, was that we were hoping Justin Fields would transcend bad coaching. And it seems like he may have turned the corner. People are asking like, Dangle, why aren't you frustrated about this game? They lost in the last, no, dude, I don't care at all. This season has been over since Absolutely. last week. Absolutely, It's over. Absolutely. It's, it's over. But we have something, boys, that we have never had as Chicago Bears fans. Not just a little bit of hope. You can see this kid get better and better and better. And he just, he took over the game. He looks so natural doing it. He's athletic. He's got a strong arm and he's our quarterback. Like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Do you guys remember in 2017? And I know he's got issues going on now, but do you remember in 2017 when Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans went up against the Seattle Seahawks when the Seahawks were at their peak? And they just traded blow for blow, and it was a shootout. And the Texans lost, but you saw Deshaun Watson. You were like, damn, that guy can play. That's how I felt last night. Even though it wasn't like three touchdowns or anything, that's exactly – it sounds like that's how everybody else felt. Like, yes, it's a loss, mm -hmm. but you're like – you come away feeling like, you know, this is a loss now for many more wins later. We've talked about his willingness to improve. He had to have watched last week's film – saw that he was hanging out to the ball too long and you saw a, con a concerted effort. You saw a distinct change in the way in which he played with more urgency, not rather than hanging out to the ball. There was nothing there. You know, the announcers mentioned it. He just took off. So to be able to see him be able to adjust as a rookie and play as athletic as he plays is it's super fun. No doubt. So it's interesting, Brendan, that you bring that up because very good friend of the podcast, Chad Beasley. Chad, I think, has been mentioned in pretty much every podcast for the last, what, like five or six pods. That, that, that guy's freaking awesome. And he was at the game, too. He posted some pictures. Uh, so, so, Chad, hey, what's going on? Chad asked this question, and I love this question. The year is 2024. Is Justin Fields Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson? Let's go. Brendan, Jack, Logan, and I will finish it up. Are we just saying on the field? I, I think I think you're, you're oh. thinking yes on the field, but also too just like you know one of those guys. Obviously, he's having a Mahomes is having a rough year. There's no question, <laughs> but but dude has been to Super Bowls, right? So like no, but we're not. Right, no, I know. I just meant therapist. Like we're not going yeah. massage, right? That's out. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm a large true. scandal for Justin Fields. Okay. No, so it's true. I kind of, I kind of, yeah. 
I okay. So assuming that any scandal issues are you know off the table, that's not an issue. We're just talking on the field. I'm definitely going to say Deshaun Watson. I think their their skill set matches. I think Mahomes he gets a little too careless. Where I think, and he was he's been doing this his whole career. He's just been bailed out many times. Watson was a bit more careful. I feel like, and he got his accuracy got better. And I just, the way that they like move around the pocket, I just see Watson. So just not only style of play, but kind of their success. Yeah. I, I got to go to Sean Watson on the field strictly. I think Watson too. I, I think Watson too. I mean, and I guess I can't add much more to what, you know, Brendan already said. I feel like the way they move is similar. There's a fluidity to their game. The arm strength, uh, a cannon of an arm. I see maybe leadership style as being very similar, like an attitude of, hey, yo, this is, it's my team, right? And I'm going to lead us and I'm going to be good to all of you. I'm going to be a service leader as well, but I'm also going to be the dude that you look to when, when things get really, really rough. Again, taking scandals off the table, looking at Watson as a, a performer and a leader and a quarterback. I see more similarities there than Mahomes. Personally, like when you talk about leadership between Watson, Mahomes, and then you look at Fields, I think that one day, I think Fields has a higher ceiling in terms of being a leader just because, you know, I, again, I, I am not on the field with them. I don't cover these teams. I can't tell you exactly how great of a leader Deshaun Watson was on the field or really Mahomes. Nobody knows unless you're in that huddle. But just the way that you see Justin Fields on the sideline when he takes the field, when there's two and a half minutes left in the game and his team's down, just the demeanor that he had, it's a difference. So I, I, if he has that confidence as a rookie, I can only imagine three years from now that's going to be even more. But when you talk about style of play, comparing it to the two guys, um, I think all of them are different in different ways, but just in a sense of you think of Mahomes the last year or two and his ascension, he's the he's the Twitter play guy. He's the guy where he'll do something. And even if it's like not that great, blows up on Twitter because everyone's like, holy, you know, what just happened here? Fields is that kind of guy where he can. I mean, Watson is talented, but I feel like Mahomes produces those those Twitter plays where you go on Twitter, it blows up. Fields is going to have plenty of those. And once the national audience becomes more accustomed to the fact that he makes those plays all the time, he's going to be that guy in two or three years where it's like he's doing some some crazy stuff that's going to go viral all the time. You guys pretty much got the the comparison part of it. I guess I want to take a take a slightly different look at this and just think, are we talking about a guy that is the missing piece to the Rolls Royce of offense? Or are we talking about the guy that is uh, somehow keeping afloat the absolute train wreck? And I tend to think that it's more of, of the latter rather than the former. Justin Fields is very good, uh, but uh, unless the Chicago Bears can somehow bring in a brand new management and start drafting and bringing in a whole bunch of talent. I, I don't know, man. I just, you know, I don't really see the Chicago bears turning this thing around anytime in the near future for very much the things that we talked about last week, which this is a dysfunctional organization, but for the next 10 years, we get to watch Justin Fields play football. And I'm pretty damn excited about that. All right, boys, it's time. It's time to break into the penthouse and send people out to the outhouse. This segment brought to you by Jeff Cadwalder from At Properties. 
If you're thinking about buying or selling a home this year, you've got to visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more about how Jeff Cadwalder with App Properties can help you. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. Give him a call, give him a text, 630-254-4734, or visit GenevaJeff.com. If you do happen to talk to Jeff Cadwalder, let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Report sent you. He would appreciate it, and we sure would appreciate it. All right, boys, let's go. We're going to split this up. We got the time. We didn't get to listener questions this week, so let's do it. Penthouse, then let's do Outhouse. Or do we want to go Outhouse, Penthouse? What do we want to do today? Let's, let's go Outhouse. I think we're going to let's go Outhouse. Bear, Bear's lost. We should start with the Outhouse. Okay. Feeling so, feisty. <laughs> we're gonna go we're gonna go outhouse and afterwards we will take a break and we will come back and we'll do the penthouse so for outhouse let's go jack logan brendan and i will finish it up i guess i'll start with something that maybe is controversial uh, in the outhouse for me is this idea that somehow jf1's ascension and his game is i don't know an elixir for the loss I know I'm kind of in a camp by myself with that, but I maybe it's just my inability to see the forest through the trees. I mean, I, I guess I heard, um, you know, what is it, uh, Barstool Big Cat talk about how happy he was because this was the perfect situation. Fields has an amazing game. The Bears end up losing, and Matt Nagy might still be fired. And while I can't refute that, I still hate when the Bears lose, and they lost – this game they've lost four in a row and they lose games because they play terrible football it's not as if they're playing up to their abilities uh, or up to par and then just getting beat by better teams that's what kills me week in and week out when i watched for instance in the first half the complete lack of adjustments i don't understand why you have to wait till halftime i mean you're going to the sidelines you're looking at, at uh, photos and you can make adjustments in between drives. It's allowed. So why we just keep going three-step drop, five-step drop, you know, like sack, uh, quarterback hurry, uh, scramble, three-step drop, five-step drop, uh, interception, rinse, repeat. It drives me crazy. Like in the first half, I just, I couldn't take it anymore. Move the pocket if you need to. But clearly in the first half, whatever was going on, your offensive line, was unable to block their rushers. So you need to run a screen or you need to run a draw or you need to get a quick pass game or you need to make an adjustment on the sidelines to be able to block their defensive line. And that's, I mean, you know, people are gonna talk about whether or not this saves Matt Nagy's job. He shouldn't have his job. Whether we were in that game or not, whether or not JF1 was able to ascend, the things that are a pattern with Matt Nagy have not changed, whether it's penalties coming out of timeouts, whether Ugh. it's terrible schemes, yes. uh, whether it's awful in the red zone, whether it's, I mean, we could come up, I mean, if we just went around, we could keep going around mm -hmm. with concrete reasons why the guy should be fired. So, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, I, while I am happy that JF1 had a great game, I'd like to see the Bears win. I don't want to see him save Matt Nagy's job. I just wish it was obvious. I wish they could win some games. It was clear Matt Nagy sucked. JF1 could ascend. That, that's what I would like to see. That's my outhouse. My outhouse just goes to discipline and all the penalties. So you obviously have the whole factor of the refs being terrible. That's fine. Let's put that aside for a second and still consider that 
when you take out those those controversial calls, the Bears still had seven total penalties and they had backbreaking penalties. Let's specifically look at Robert Quinn on that final drive. Ugh. I just like the more that you think about it, you're if it's a young guy, like if it's Travis Gibson or, or, or somebody who's been in the league, maybe like one, two, three years, it's like, oh, that's very, very frustrating. That shouldn't happen. Then you look at a guy like Robert Quinn, who's probably been in the league for like, what, eight, nine years, something like that. Just completely guessing. How does that happen multiple times? And that's like, that's like football 101 to, if you want to try to lose a game, be undisciplined and look like you're really not ready to be in that situation. It's, it's the coach's job to make sure that everybody is in a situation where you, if you have a chance to win, you are ready to capitalize and not even capitalize, just be disciplined, stay in the moment, play in the moment. When mistakes like that are happening, again, I've never played football, but I have to assume um, that you're just thinking ahead. You're thinking ahead in the game. You can't be in the moment. You're thinking about other things. It's just, it's up to the coaches to have these guys ready for these situations. And that part's on Nagy, but at the same time, be individually accountable for yourself, Robert Quinn, which is, it's a shame to say this because he's, he's played a lot better this year than I think a lot of us imagined he would. And even last night, he had a sack, he had a couple of good plays, but you have to be accountable for yourself. And then it's also on the coaches to be accountable for these players and put them in positions to where you look like you expect to be in a position where you can win the game, not where you're kind of just flying with your head cut off. Guys, it's really easy to point the finger at Tony Carrente and his officiating officiating crew to be in the outhouse, but I'm going a step further. I'm putting the president and CEO of the New York Giants in an outhouse in New York. So Jeff Cadwalder, I hope you do some work in New York because John Mara, you deserve to be in the outhouse for basically being the driving force of this BS taunting rule. That rich SOB is really driving me nuts all year long with these killer taunting plays. And we saw it come to fruition for the bears that really all season long, but this one was so egregious with Cassius March. You got to understand this guy just got cut by the Steelers. He's facing his old team. He makes the play of the game on defense. He's doing his karate kick thing. It's awesome. And he just looks over at the bench. He's not saying anything. He's not trying to like, you know, square him up. He's just looking as he's backing away. And because of this stupid taunting rule where the referees are now like, great. If a guy looks at a guy, you know, with the ugly look, we got to throw a flag. And then of course, as he bumps into him, he's pulling the flag. Like that's, I'm so sick of it. And I know like we could talk about bad calls and bad penalties and Tony Carrenti for as bad as he was, he said, look, this is the point of emphasis. We're bait. We're being told to do this because the owners really wanted this. So here you go. We're f- sucking the fun right out of the game. And I'm just, I'm really pissed off because football is such, it's a game of emotion. You get so hyped up for every single play. People shouldn't be penalized for, just looking at somebody like that. If you're going to say something like a homophobic slur or, you know, something like racially insensitive, I understand that that is absolutely what the rules should be doing, but it's not being done the way it was intended. I'm guessing. And John Mara, this is all your damn fault. I'm really upset about it. And you deserve to be in that outhouse. Folks, we are lucky enough to have Patrick Sheldon has joined us. Uh, Papa Sheldon, how are you today? I'm great, guys. Sorry I'm late. Uh, both of my boys had baseball games tonight. And uh, let me just tell you real quick, 
I was wearing my bear sweatshirt at the game and I had five complete strangers as I was walking by, come up and tell me you guys got screwed last night. Uh, so, you know, this is the, this is, it's, I saw somebody on Twitter say uh, they can't remember the last time people were universally in line with, uh, you know, referees literally screwing a team out of a win um, media fans, pundits alike. It's, it's pretty insane. Yeah. It, I, I think I even saw some, some Packer people just be like, wow, they're, they're taken away from it. It's and when, you know, when that happens, then it's really bad. All right, Sheldon, we, we're in the midst of the outhouse. We know there, there's gotta be some, some stuff you want to put in the outhouse. Let's hear it, buddy. Yeah. So that's uh, I set up my own segue, I guess, cause I'm, I'm not as nice as, as Brendan. I'm going to put Carenti in the outhouse, uh, like Sonny from a Bronx tale. We're going to throw him in the bathroom and we're not going to let him out. Uh, he doesn't deserve to come out. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> so many of these guys think they're the star of the show uh it, like umpires in baseball they think people come to watch them and they need the attention um i didn't know somebody posted the the wikipedia page on Correnti. he sort of kind of resigned uh as the uh the head referee um for the pac-12 a while back did anybody see that i saw i did see that actually that was very interesting for personal and professional reasons not sure whether personal reasons was like uh you know, a significant gambling debt, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but listen, you got a guy that that resigned after a series of questionable calls um, in the Pac-12, and uh, he's 70 years old and he's refereeing NFL games. Um, look, that that play was was mind boggling to me. That that hip check. Uh, there's absolutely no need for it. I know he was going for his flag before that, but he had plenty of time to, to throw that flag before he got hip checked. There was something really off about that. It was almost like he was baiting him into it and was on the fence about whether to throw the flag and, uh, and then hip checked him and said, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm going to toss it. So um, the, the refs were, were on balance, the worst part of that game. Uh I hate being the guy that that blames the refs or that criticizes the refs or complains, but it really did truly cost him the game. Um, I don't know how you get an illegal block when you can't, you don't even touch the the opposing player. It was just, and the NFL, like what is the eye in the sky supposed to do if not, you know, come down and, and interject and correct some of these egregious mistakes? Like maybe, maybe they can't right now, right? Maybe that's not, part of the protocol, but it needs to be if it's not, because uh, you can't have games of this significance decided on, on stuff like that. It's just for a multi-billion dollar corporation, it's unnecessary. So Carrenti and his staff are in the outhouse and we're not going to let them out for the rest of the season. Did you guys know it took the bears until the fifth drive to move Justin Fields out of the pocket? Five, five drives. Before, nice. before that happened, I don't, I don't know if that's Bill Lazor. I don't know if that's Matt Nagy. I don't care. Did you watch last week against San Francisco 49ers? Dude had over 100 yards rushing. I'm, I'm just going to say that, that stat one more time. Had over 100 yards rushing. And I, I don't, you, you watch him run. He's so good. He's so natural at it. I, I, I love the way that he was looking maybe first one or two reads ish somewhere around there. And then afterward he's pulling down the ball. And I think that's kind of what we want from, from your mobile quarterback, right? Especially a young mobile quarterback. Uh, and I think he needs to work on his slide. It's still just 
it's cringy, awkward. Every time he does it, you're like, is he going to, is he going to break himself? Cause I think he might break himself uh, every single time that it happens. Um, I just, I'm so frustrated by this. I, I, I don't think that I have the, the anger that you guys have, Jack, I totally get it. You don't like watching the bears lose, but at this point, there's no way in hell they're going to the playoffs. So I want to actually see them lose as many games as possible. Cause I want Matt Nagy out of here as fast as humanly possible. And I want to keep watching Justin Fields and I've totally shifted the way in which I'm going to watch these games. Now I want to see Justin Fields develop. And and we'll talk about the penthouse because I'm excited to talk about my penthouse. I'm going to watch some of the other things that are going on with this team, but but I want them to lose. Uh, sure, I want them to beat the Detroit Lions. Uh, and after that, whatever, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, boys, let's go back around this time and let's get to the penthouse because there were some good things. And if we happen to have five uh, of the same thing in the penthouse i don't think anyone would be super mad at it because there's a lot of things that we could talk about if we all wanted to put justin fields in the penthouse uh we don't have to but we can if we want to we're gonna go logan patrick brendan jack and i will finish it up all right i'll leave the justin fields loving and uh he's gonna make it to the penthouse i have i have a very funny feeling that he's going to get there but i'm gonna kind of you know mine's probably gonna be kind of ironic because i just um, sort of dissed part of the defensive line in, in Robert Quinn, but really the defensive line in a lot of ways, I think was a lot better today. Um, Najee Harris, a very, very, very good young running back, averaged 2.8 yards per carry tonight for the Steelers. He was a guy who going into the game, you know, obviously. Logan, like they kept talking about how good he was. He sucked last night. I don't understand what they were looking at. The announcers were just like, they were all over him last night. And it was like, what are we watching the same game? Yeah. That, and that's a quick side point. I'll make this very quick, but I'm going to go back to the, I've been gone for a while. So I get to go back to the outhouse for a little bit and drag more people with me, but the announcers are coming to the outhouse again. I think it was Brian greasy who talked about how the bears should go for two after they scored a touchdown to tie the game at the end. <laughs> Like you could tell in his brain, he was like, oh, that was dumb that I just said that. And then also Steve Levy said that the field goal hit the crossbar at the end when it was like five to seven yards short. All right. So they're going to the outhouse. They're there. I'll go real quick back to the penthouse, back to the defensive line. Sack Roethlisberger four times, consistent pressure at times when we needed it again. Najee Harris, as much as they slobbed and talked about him the whole night and acted like he's the best running back in the NFL. He is a good running back. I don't know if he's that good, but... 2.8 yards per carry. It was, it was a good job. Nice job, uh, you know, making Ben, Big Ben uncomfortable, which he is uncomfortable, I would say, the majority of the time in his life, both on and off the field. But, um, yeah, nice job by the D-line. Yeah, I, I'm going to leave um, Fields as well. I, I think that's a that's an obvious one. I'm going to go with Larry Borum uh, and the offensive line in the second half. I thought Borum played a heck of a game. Um, going up against TJ Watt as a rookie, uh, not much experience. I know they chipped and they helped some, but I just thought he did a tremendous job and left me, uh, and there are a lot of positives coming out of this game to make you feel good going forward about the bears, um, going into next year. And I think Borum was, was one of them. I thought he looked terrific. Uh, if you can stick him in there and plug him in as a, as a right tackle for the foreseeable future next five to seven years, at least uh, that would be terrific. And I thought the offensive line um, really played a lot better in pass protection in the second half. I know, uh, you know, fields was more decisive and scramble when he needed to, but um, 
you know, for the most part, I thought he had some pretty clean pockets and was able to, you know, move the ball downfield uh, to Mooney and A-Rob and, and that beautiful pass to uh, Graham. That was that was the pass of the game as far as I was concerned. Absolutely amazing uh, how he layered that in there. But I just I thought the the offensive line played really well, uh, didn't maybe run the ball as well as as they would have liked. But, uh, you know, it seems like they they get one or the other going. And in the second half, it was the pass protection. So my penthouse is uh, Larry Borm and the rest of the offensive line in the second half. Look, you guys keep saying I'm going to leave fields because somebody's going to get him. Well, I'm going to get him. I'm going to start with Justin Fields specifically his his pass like his touch passing the pat the touches of his passes if that makes sense. You see this guy, he's throwing lobs, he's throwing darts, he is throwing the exact sort of pass that you need in that specific situation. Patrick mentioned to throw to Jimmy Graham. I have no idea how that gets completed. That's one of those things in Madden where you just hope to god the ball just sticks to the receiver somehow even though he's double covered. Do you see the loft that just deep bombed a Marquise Goodwin that hits him right away? He probably should have kept going and bounced too. He just juggled the ball a little bit. The A-Rob pass, the touch pass to A-Rob, like how many times have we seen our other quarterbacks not be able to hit those passes? And then to cap it off, moving to the left and just flick of the wrist with ease to Darnell Mooney right in stride. I mean, like just the variety and the different touches that he's had. It's really like unbelievable. That stuff doesn't show up on stat sheets. You got to watch that to appreciate that. And then I'll just also add Cole Komet in there. Look, Cole Komet gets a lot of slander. And even I sort of got on that a little bit when people took my tweet out of uh, context at the beginning when I said Brian Pace picked Cole Komet over Chase Claypool. First off, it's just a statement of fact. And Chase Claypool is a monster wide receiver. But Cole Komet has now really started to stack up some great games and he's become like the, I'd say the number one or number two passing option of Justin Fields at this point. He's whether he's like getting wide open in the middle of the field or just really holding onto the ball with two defenders swarming him. He looks really, really good. And I'm really impressed with his development. Brendan, you are right. JF one is a beautiful passer of the football. It just, he just is. And we spent so much time in the hellhole that was the last quarterback's inaccuracy, just broadside of the barn type stuff. Then we should, I think, truly, and you did a great job of it, relish in the accuracy and the touch and the tight spirals and the ball placement of JF1. In fact, uh, pro football Pro Football Focus uh, agrees with us. They have him as the highest graded week nine quarterback uh, at 90.5. So I also want, we joked about it on the thread, but I'm going to put uh, the hard count in the penthouse because we had one, because it shows a sign of maturity for our quarterback, because it was a perfectly timed hard count that you know resulted in a penalty and a first down. Big win, you know? Small things, but a big win. And then Roquan, we really needed him to have a, a comeback game, and he did. Uh, he had 12 tackles, six solos. He had two tackles for a loss. Uh, he had one quarterback hit, and he had a sack. So he had a really nice game, and it was really good to see. He was flying all over the place, being the linebacker that he is. My penthouse is also Justin Fields, but specifically Justin Fields to Cole Komet. 
Uh, Cole Komet had six receptions for 87 yards. I agree with you boys. Uh, Brennan, you talked about it. He's getting better and better all the time. He is physical. Uh, I know that he's, he's had a couple drops here and there, but when he gets the ball in his hands, he's plowing over people and it is just, it's super, super fun. Uh, the one that, uh, the other one is Mooney three receptions for 41 yards. And that gorgeous touchdown, uh, in the corner of the end zone, Brendan, you already said it, him, Justin Fields moving left and throwing, uh, just it's, it's incredible for a right-handed quarterback, just absolutely out of his mind. And also, uh, to see Roquan and Eddie Goldman both have bounce back games. That's in my penthouse. Hey, if you guys haven't seen uh, Ted Nguyen on Twitter, break down that throw to, uh, to Mooney. It was awesome. He breaks down how fields threw him open that, uh, you know, the, you didn't see on the TV angle because of, um, uh, you know, what they show more on the all 22, obviously, but, uh, it was awesome. So go check that out. He just put that out uh, a couple hours ago. It was a great breakdown and you'll be even more impressed with the throw by fields. Once you look at that breakdown, TJ Lang may not be, but uh, I know I was. All right, boys, time to give out game balls, game balls going out. Let's go. Logan, Jack, Brendan, Patrick, and I will finish it up. Game balls. Here's where I will get ahead of everybody else and just say, Justin Fields, um, what else do you say? Um, I think that that's the most clear-cut game ball of all time. Uh, just to know that when he was walking out there to try to put the Bears ahead by scoring that touchdown on that drive, just seeing him walk out, it was awesome. And obviously he went through and actually did it, which is you know arguably a very important thing in the game of football. So my game ball goes to Justin Fields, who I'm very much looking forward to see how he continues to grow the rest of this year in spite of uh, a lot of factors around him. I've got two game balls. The first one I'm going to give to Steve Levy for this line. That's the first time we've mentioned Bush tonight. I'm a child. He he had a couple of suspect lines last night that I heard. I forget. There was another one too. That went right into the break and then it was silent. And I was like, are those guys like having, do you think they look at each other in the booth? Right. They look at each other in the booth. They're like, you just said that, didn't you? That's what you just said. Yeah. It's talking about Bush. (laughs) Uh, and then I'm going to give my second game ball to uh, DraftKings, Sporks, Books, and Casino because they own me and they're better than me. And every Amen. For, Amen. The, like, for me to just even think for like a fleeting moment, I got this. I can wager. No, nope, I can't. And I mean, last week was crazy as it was, but I felt, here's the funny thing. I felt good about my wagers, maybe better than I ever have. I won none of them. Game ball. DraftKings, Sportsbook, and Casino, you win. My game ball, I'm struggling with this. You know what? I'm going I'm to give an actual game ball and then an honorary game ball. So my actual game ball goes to Duke Shelley. We haven't mentioned him yet, but Duke Shelley quietly had a really good game. And I look, we've been really hard on the Bears cornerbacks, but it was nice to see the Bears nickel corner really step up, make a ton of plays, and – Finally, it just seems like he's finally starting to get it. We can't really say the same about Kendall Vildor, but I was just pleased to see Duke Shelley have himself a better day against some pretty talented Steelers wide receivers. So, and then my honorary game ball, because I'm not really sure how to word this, but the Bears special teams and defense just scores on Monday Night Football. I don't get it. 
I dug up a stat a few days ago that they had five consecutive Monday night football games with either defensive or special team score. And I just put it out there thinking like, well, there's no way this can keep happening, but you know, here it is. And it happens again. I don't get it, but that there's special teams and defensive t- scoring just shows up on Monday night football. So whatever voodoo's in the air, they deserve some sort of a game ball. And if you can make money off that for the next bears Monday night game, Go for it. Hey, hey, Jack, you, you should have bet that one. Yeah, thanks, Brendan. Uh, you know, if I would have bet it, it probably wouldn't have happened. So <laughs> That's how it works. Probably better that I didn't. So uh, my, my game ball is going to go to uh, Justin Fields, but uh, not necessarily for what he did on the field. I thought um, there was a tweet. Uh, I think it was Roquan Smith who was being interviewed and said, you know, Justin Fields stood up in the locker room after the game and uh, was, um, you know, delivered a, a message to the team, um, you know, just some words of encouragement, uh, demonstrated his leadership. I mean, the kid is unflappable. Uh, I, I, I still can't understand how so many teams passed on this young man after um, all they saw in college and I'm sure he blew the interview process away. He's just, he's just a, a He's got it. You know, we were looking for it uh, in Mitch Trubisky. We were looking for it in every quarterback um, of our lives. And the kid just got it. He's a leader. Uh, he's somebody that the team rallies around that they look to. And and I think uh, when they step into the huddle, um, the rest of the team has confidence that he's going to get it done. And uh, my second game ball is going to go. It's an anonymous game ball, but it's going to go to whoever made the second half adjustments. I, I, I don't think it was Nagy, but because he's never done it before. But um, who was it that snuck into the locker room and swapped out the second half play sheet? Because uh, kudos to you, my friend, you deserve a game ball. Uh, my only fear, and I, I tweeted this out earlier, is anybody else slightly concerned that uh, Nagy may use this march into George's office? Don't, and- don't, don't, no, Patrick, no. No, it's not. No. They might make the playoffs. I mean, he might save his job. Fields is going to develop in spite of Matt Nagy, and Matt Nagy is going to argue to George McCaskey it was because of Matt Nagy. And that is maybe a rational fear of mine, but it's a growing one. And I'm very concerned about it because, uh, you know, you could sell. Uh, a ketchup popsicle to George if he was wearing white gloves. I mean, he would buy anything coming from Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace. So, um, sorry, that's my irrational fear for the evening. Talk me off the ledge, guys. No, because it was just so clear. I mean, it's just so clear, you know, despite the comeback, and again, despite JF1, all of the reasons, you know, that he shouldn't be back. And I don't know, I mean, it sometimes looks so obvious, it's almost laughable, right? Like when I tweeted, you know, that at my job, we used to like, just try to imagine like situations. Hey, would I get fired if, you know, I came to work drunk and without pants, you know, would they fire me for that? You know, and then we would just laugh our asses if I like thought that's what they were doing in the first half. Like, just like we, we can do whatever the F we want here. We're not getting fired. And so all the penalties and the lack of adjustments and the, again, inefficient offense and an interception and terrible special teams all of it. He's terrible. He needs to be fired. 
real quickly, I think I solved the mystery of the adjustments. Guys, it was Lisa Salters. She had those bright green flashcards with very basic offensive game plans on them. She went into the locker room, put them on Matt Nagy's chair. He figured it out. He's like, oh, this is how you run an offense. And that was it. So we got to thank Lisa Salters. Weren't those the cards of like Ben Roethlisberger's like seven-year-old son? You're damn right they were. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. My game ball, honor, everybody else is given two. I'm given two. I'm going to give an honorary mention to the quarterback that threw for 291 yards for boys, a 17.1 yard average. What? Mind blown. Mind blown. <laughs> what, what, what is this? Is this real life? Like, what? Um, there, there, we've already said everything there is to say about Justin Fields. I, I, I can't wait. My, the, the, the away Jersey, my Justin Fields Jersey is showing up sometime this month. I don't know when it is. I think I might wear it for like seven days straight. And I, and I'm so excited about it. Um, but boys, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier. My, my true game ball is going to Eddie Goldman. Roquan and Eddie Goldman both had just terrible, terrible games last week. And both of them bounced back big time. Uh, Eddie just seemed like he was all over the field in the second half. And especially, um, I don't think this one is talked about enough. Ben Roethlisberger in the third quarter had about a 40-yard pass. I don't remember when it was. If you go back and watch that play, you will see that that Goldman is essentially being held by his neck. Um, it is, it's a clear and obvious hold, which obviously Carenti and his crew aren't going to see it or going to call it. Uh, but he was being held really, really bad. And there were a couple of times where you know, he spins left and if he would have kind of gone to the right, he may have had a, had another tackle for a loss or a sack. And I just, I thought he played really, really well. All right, boys, it's time to get to Jack's question. Uh, Jack, I know you got a good one for us. So Jack, let's hear it. What's the question for this week? All right, gentlemen, I would like to know what's the most embarrassing thing you've seen someone else do. And if you, you think of one right away, uh, have at it. Otherwise, I can go to give you time to think. Ryan Dangle. I, I never get to go first, so I'm going to go first. Uh, my my the, the guy who's the best man at my wedding, Nikhil. Nikhil Ghosh, how are you, buddy? Uh, Nikhil, uh, just the wackiest adventures ever. Um, I don't know why he was doing this, but it was after uh, gymnastics practice in high school, and he's he's sitting on the like the handrail outside the steps outside of our athletic entrance, and just picks his head up and just brings it down quickly and just destroys all of his front teeth. And so he just, he looks just like, I'm just, I'm trying to like every time he would talk, I'm like, I can't take you seriously, dude. Cause you just got no teeth up front. <laughs> and so he started talking a little like this. <laughs> just Mike Tyson. <laughs> and, and so I know I, I remember like having to help take him to the dentist. We had to find a dentist that was open at like seven o'clock at night. And I just, oh, Nikhil, I, he told me I could tell this story. Kill, I love you, buddy. And I hope you're well. <laughs> um, I'll go. So for the sake of this story, I'm definitely not going to name any names here. But back in college, we had. I was on the men's gymnastics team at Illinois and we had parties at, at a team house that a couple guys lived at and it would get destroyed and it was a disgusting house. So I'll preface it with that. But 
one night we had a party that was, uh, you know, the usual rowdiness of very too much. And the next morning, a a poop was found on a chair in the kitchen. <laughs> a piece of poop was found on a, a wooden chair, similar to the one I sit on before you right now. Long story short, we did nail down who the perp was and... Uh, it just, it I, I mean, I, so it was, it, it, was, it was like the always sunny episode of who pooped the bed. We had to figure out who it was that pooped the chair and we did figure it out. And we, uh, we had a, I had a nice sit down talk with them to make sure that that didn't happen again. And uh, that's all I'll say. No names there for obvious reasons. Brandon? No, I'm going to keep it on that. Uh, you know, the poop side of things. <laughs> and uh, I also will not be naming names, but uh, this was like a couple years ago or so. Um, one of my good buddies, uh, we were out uh, doing some flag football practice and we were at a field that was kind of close to my apartment at the time. And we're having a good time, yucking it up, doing like rods and everything. And all of a sudden, like this dude's face just goes white and we're trying to pack up. Like we're, we're getting ready. He's like, Hey man, like, can I just go to your house? Like, because i gotta go to the bathroom i was like yeah man that's fine like you can come over and we're slowly walking and we're you know shooting the you know what like just having like me this was like me and like three other guys along with him and he's just like dude seriously like we gotta go now i was like all right we're going like we're going and then all of a sudden we're walking to our cars this is in broad daylight 3 p.m and he just disappears i was like where the hell did so-and-so go and he comes back from behind a bush where there are children around. <laughs> and I was like, dude, tell me you didn't. He's like, I had to. He's like, it was that bad. And I was like, you really just did it there. And he's like, yep, just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> and he he had, he was so cool about it. It was like, he didn't, you know, he wasn't embarrassed at all. Me and my one buddy are just like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> so I still don't want to say his name, but man, that was, uh, yeah, just, just, you know, like 2 p.m. You know, dropping it right, right in public place with women and children around. How, so much, so much for this being kind of a family-ish show. Yeah, right? that, just, that just went out the window. This show is sponsored by Cairo Santos Number Two. <laughs> we we have a guy at work who, instead of like calling, uh, you know, there's heat flashes. You know, he'll all, every once in a while say, "I I had a shit flash." So like, you know, your friend had a shit flash is what he had. Like, hey, everybody's been there. Everybody's <laughs> been there. Yep. I, I had it on a date. Never mind. Sorry. No, sorry. Oh, really. Too much. We, I was going to say, we can extend this podcast for 20 more minutes. And I, you know, I Fine. Okay. Just very, about. very quick. Okay. It was like date number four or number five. You know, what? it's like the, hey, I want to get to know this person really, really, really well. And, oh, God, I can't believe I'm telling this story. And she's doing this, like, you know, like I'm dropping her off and she's sitting in the car. She's like, hey, I just want to let you know. I'm really like looking forward to getting to know you. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking you need to get out of my car like 40 seconds ago. Like, this is not going to go well. So, so she got out of the car and I turned the corner and yep, that yep. Didn't make it. So Took the you breath. dropped her off and then you dropped it off. Wow. <laughs> that is that's, a, that is an accurate story. That's special. What do you got? Anything? Pichel? Yeah. I, uh, I feel like there's some low hanging fruit here. Um, Matt Nagy coaching on Sundays. Not the most embarrassing. <laughs> yes, there you go. Well played. Oh, I, I listen. I've got I've got a really good poop story too. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Keep it going. <laughs> we're uh, 
This is why people listen. <laughs> this is one of my, I won't name names either, uh, but it was a law school buddy of mine and we were out to lunch at Popeye's and uh, we're all eating, um, uh, taking a study break. And uh, we're like halfway done with our food. And um, one of the kids is like, hey, I got to I'll be right back. I use the bathroom. So he's in there for like 10 or 15 minutes. And uh, he comes out. He doesn't even make eye contact with us. He just grabs his keys off the table and he goes, we're leaving, get in the car and walks out of Popeye's. And me and my buddy are looking at each other like, what the hell is that about? We're not even done with our meal. He left his entire meal on the table. And so we're like, oh my gosh, maybe there's like a family emergency. So we just leave our stuff there, leave our food. We get in the car and we're driving. He's just gripping the steering wheel, head forward. And we're like, dude, what the heck was that about? He's like... I don't even know if I want to talk about it. We're like, what happened? He said, uh, I had to go to the bathroom and I barely got my pants down before spray painting the back of the toilet seat and the wall. Uh, it was completely explosive. Oh. And uh, he, he didn't want anybody at the establishment to walk in and see what had happened. So he figured he'd just pop smoke and, uh, and get out of there before somebody found out what he did to the stall. Dude, you know what's funny? First off, good on him for just getting the hell out of there because that was the smart move. But it's like you always go into those bathrooms or you see those pictures. You're like, how does someone do this to a toilet? But now we know. Now we know. Yeah. Think, think about that 16-year-old that's got to clean that thing, though, man. Like, oh. The t- timing of it. I mean, it just the timing had to be just right. His body contorted, pulling the underpants off, but not quite down to the toilet seat yet to get it all over the back. It was just a, a perfect storm of events. <laughs> do, do I need to have another disclaimer for this episode? You might. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought we were done with the outhouse segment, but I was walking into target and there was a woman, uh, that was just going through the automatic doors. So she, you know, there's two sets of automatic doors. The the woman goes, you know, through and the doors open for her. And then the second one opens for her. And there was another girl that was coming behind the first woman. Um, so if there's a line of people that was like first woman, then second woman, then me watching from behind. Well, for some reason or another, the doors, the sensor didn't pick up the second woman walking through. And so both doors shut on her. I mean, like had, and and she was pinned, just pinned in the door, unable to move. They had to call mechanics. They could, people try, I tried to pry it open for her. Like we got a bunch of dudes over and we're trying to pry the door open. And she is quite literally stuck in between the two sliding doors until they were able to call mechanics who had to come and like repair and release the door until she was like, she was freed. And I was, I mean, just thinking about like how embarrassing it would be to be sitting there at a target, like at the entrance pinned between two sliding doors. I mean, yeah, that was something. She was okay. No one was harmed. All right, boys, it's time to get out of here. It's time to give out shout outs. Uh, so let's go Logan, Patrick, Brendan, Jack, and I will finish it up. Uh, my shout out goes out to a good friend of mine. His name on Twitter, Mossy416. We've been lifelong friends. He's started following the podcast, following all the guys interacting with our stuff. And he, since day one, since the Bears drafted Justin Fields, like I don't think that there has been a single human being that has been more head over heels in love with a, a player in any sport 
ever imaginable. So I know that yesterday was a huge day for him. Um, he's, he's always good to us, retweets stuff, uh, interacts with all of us. So just a big shout out to him. And uh, yeah, but again, excited to be back on with you guys this week. My, okay, I got two uh, shout outs. First is my oldest son who took home the game ball tonight in his baseball game. Let's uh, go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a big, big night. And then my youngest uh, had his last game of the season. So pizza party and cupcakes. It was, it was a big night for my boys. Uh, they were excited. So shout out to my oldest for, uh, for taking home the game ball. Uh, and then I want to give a shout out to a, a Twitter follower and, uh, and friend Tommy Cavanaugh. He's at Tommy K underscore NFL draft. Uh, you may know him as the Bears blog boy, but he puts out some really great content. Uh, they've got a podcast as well. His tweets um, have been spot on about Nagy and the Bears this week. He's just been uh, been right on target. So uh, go give him a follow. Check him out. Uh, he really puts out some great content. So I want to give him a shout out. All right. I got a couple. I'll start off Twitter and give it to my buddy, Tyler Tosh. He's a big listener, really close friend of mine. And he just got engaged to his beautiful fiance, Hannah, this weekend. Congratulations. Yeah. It goes on Thursday actually, but um, congrats to him. Congrats to her. They're just an awesome couple. And like I said, Ty is just such a good, such a great supporter of this show, such a great supporter and friend of me, obviously. Uh, So just want to give him a shout out and uh, you know, obviously best wishes to him and his fiance, Hannah. A um, couple of shout outs on Twitter. I obviously got to start with Chad Beasley. Like this guy continues to be such a huge supporter. Great questions coming in. He just really, whether it's like the podcast or maybe like stuff that we write, such a good dude. So one of the, one of the guys that I'm really proud and really happy that I've been able to get to con- connect with over the last few months and get to know another person who is kind of new on my radar as well is Nate Atkins. So Nate, is actually a writer at Bears Wire. And he just started, I feel like a couple months ago or so. And such a nice dude, such a huge supporter. I think he's a really good writer too. And I'm really excited to kind of get his, see how his writing goes and see his contributions to Bears Wire along with myself, Alyssa and Ryan, as we you know continue to go over there. But shout out to Nate, uh, such, a, such a good follow, such a good dude. And then uh, just... Really quickly, I'll lump them all together. The three kings in the midway uh, got to join him on their Twitter space last night. Uh, such a good uh, discussion with them. Strong opinions. Uh, really just, you know, chatting after the game. I-, I needed to go to bed, but like it was just fun talking with Dev, Roy. And of course, Dan was hosting it. So I shot Dan a note saying, you know, it was fun to be a part of. So just shout out to all three of those guys. Uh, they're they're great dudes. Shout out to Sycamore High School football. Uh, some of you know. Uh, my son Jack plays for the team. Uh, they won against number one seed Glenbard South uh, this past Saturday. I believe it was 36 to nothing. So that puts them in the Elite Eight and uh, the 5A. Uh, they face off against St. Patrick ne- uh, Patrick's next uh, Saturday at two. So uh, as we used to say, go psycho. And secondarily, I'd like to just, sh- I'd like to shout out the listeners. We have great listeners and we need you to know sincerely that we appreciate the fact that you listen. Um, we don't say a whole lot of things that we don't mean. <laughs> so we mean this. 
when people message us or when we get likes and retweets uh, on Twitter or we get listener questions or someone buys us a beer, this is like, that's why we're doing it. Like, that's what we started this whole thing for. So listeners, uh, thank you so very much uh, for listening uh, to us. And as Ralphie would say on The Simpsons, thank you for choo-choo choosing us. <laughs> I, you were doing so great. And then you, then you finished with that. So. <laughs> you just cut it if you want. It was, you know, I don't know. No, no, I'm not. I'm not cutting it. I'm definitely that's keeping definitely it. Not a cut. No, that's staying in there for sure. Oh uh, yeah. Just echo, echoing that. I think we, we try to say it at the end of every, uh, at every one of these, these, these episodes is uh, we love hanging out with these guys. And this is the first time that the five of us have, have been together, um, which is just, it's, it's so awesome. You know, obviously uh, Patrick stepping in has just done such a wonderful job and he just fit in right away, uh, but we've missed Logan immensely. And just to have these guys all together that we get to talk football every week uh, is something that I know all of us genuinely look forward to. And the fact that any of you are listening and enjoying it, man, it's just, like what else, what else can we say other than thank you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Derek from Scotland, Derek's been on the, the pod quite a few times, uh, but he happened to be on uh, NFL UK, uh, like was actually on TV, uh, got a little, a little spot there and it was really cool. And he was repping uh, his custom uh, Bears 26 jersey. Uh, so Derek, shout out to you. 79th and Hallis podcast. Uh, they just do really, really good work. And I have had a couple really positive in- encounters with them on Twitter. And so shout out to you guys um, and uh, just all that you're doing over there. Angie, that's she just goes by Angie. She's at Hockey Girl 3784. Uh, just super positive. Uh, with, with everybody that's out there and just love, love her stuff. So Angie, thank you. Uh, Grant Carter is uh, a friend of mine. We both went to NIU. He is good people. He is a diehard Bears fan and has some of the most underrated tweets ever. Uh, so I try to retweet him when I can. Uh, Grant, let's go Huskies. Let's go Bears. Let's go Cubs. He is like, he's, he's my sports like soulmate. Like I think in all teams, we, we cheer for the same one. And then of course, uh, to Nikhil Ghosh, uh, to my best man and my wedding for letting me tell that story about you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Never <It's> gets dirty. <laughs> oh, man. He knows, he knows it's absolute and absolute utter love. All right, folks, let's, let's, let's talk for a moment. Jack said it and it is absolutely truth. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing any of the content at BeardownReport.com, uh, the podcast, anything that we're doing, the things that Brendan is writing on Bears Wire, the things that uh, Patrick is writing on Fansided, any of that stuff that you are sharing, it means so very, very much. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. If you really like what you are listening to, hit us with a five-star review because it really helps to widen our audience. But if you love it and you want to do like the New England IPA beer guy did and want to buy us a round, you can go to beardownreport.com, head to the podcast section, click on any of the episodes, you scroll and you will see that there is a donate button. You can donate and we will obviously shout you out on this podcast. For Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, Brennan Chagru, Patrick Sheldon. I am Ryan Dangle. Folks, thank you so much. And as always, bear down. <laughs>